So we're continuing in the book of Acts today, Acts chapter 2, verse 5 through 13. I told you it would be a little long reading. It's titled, The Crowd's Response. So if you'll stand with me and we'll, we'll read this, The Crowd's Response. There was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now, I read the, the NLT version says, they ran to see what was happening. Next. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parathians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. Their Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, I pray that, Lord, that you would fill us with this new wine. God, that it would overflow inside of us, Father. That, Lord, that we would be the witnesses that you've called us to be, and, Lord, that you'd strengthen each one of us today. We thank you. We love you. Let your word come alive inside each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you got to do something about them spots because they're blinking on me. <laughs> All right, he's up there. Okay, good. That's like, whoa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blind. Wait, they, they said, hey, they're full of new wine. When the people came out, they were full, they fought, were full of new wine. And that is absolutely true. They had received new wine, not what the world has to offer, but what the Spirit has to offer. Amen. And um, they had received the promise of the Father, the Helper, you know, that Jesus told us about in John 14, 16. He said, I'll pray the Father, and he will give you another Helper that he may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to help us to abide with us forever. Just turn them off. I can't see. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has come on the scene to be in the believer, amen? To be in us, to never leave us, and to empower us to be a witness. That's what it's all about. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. We pray in tongues, but it's more than that. Just turn them off, please. Guys, you're driving me crazy. Turn them off. <laughs> he filled us with the Holy Spirit so that we could be that witness, amen? That's the whole idea behind it, to go and to be a witness. And this is their first... Wow, now it's dark. <laughs> just going to talk. <laughs> but their first initial act, I don't know if you ever caught this, their first initial act was to be a witness. The first thing they did was witness. See, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak 
in languages that they did not know, but the people around them did. And that, that's not something you hear a lot about. That's not something that happens every day. That's something that just happened that time. Please turn those lights off and leave them off. Please, I can't. I, they're, they're blowing in my face, man. See that? I just got hit again. Turn that thing on. There you go. Turn that switch off. Thank you. So they got filled with... When they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in these other languages they didn't understand, they, the people were amazed. The people, like I said, the New Living says they ran to them. They ran to see what was going on. This noise that was coming out. I was in Japan one time and I was ministering to Brazilians in Japan so the meeting was in Portuguese. And as I was ministering there on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there was a man there, he must have been about this tall. And he's, he's sitting out in front of me, and he, he was just shaking the whole time. The whole service, the whole meeting, he was shaking. There was about 25 to 30 people crammed into this kitchen because we were, you know, homes in Japan are not big. And this was a house church. Everybody was getting prayed for. Everybody was getting filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. And this guy, he was shaking so bad. He's like the last guy. But he finally stood up. So when I went and I laid hands on him and I prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he started speaking in English. He started glorifying God in English. That's the only time I've ever seen somebody that when I, when I prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in a language I could understand. And it was awesome. That, that little guy, he was scared to death of me. I don't know why, but he got filled and he, he overflowed. You know, but it's, it's, not always, it's not always like that, that you speak in a language that somebody else understands. As we talked about out of 1 Corinthians 14 last week, the Holy Spirit fills you and it gives you a language that, that's between you and God. Okay, that's the, the, the intent of it. But God, that day, used that language for them to be a witness to the people of Jerusalem. Amen? It was awesome. And God is intending that we as a people of God, do great things for him, amen? That we would be that witness that glorifies God, that causes people to uh, glorify God. Those people were so amazed when they came out. And God used that opportunity to minister. He used a bunch of fishermen. He used a bunch of unassuming people to witness to these people. See, he, they witnessed to him them because as they prayed in the Spirit, those people could understand. It's like they prayed in the Spirit. You know, French could come out, you know, or, or Chinese or whatever. You know, I mean, all those people that were there, they came out in their language. They were all there for, for Pentecost. They were all there for the, uh, t- visiting the temple and stuff. And so when the Spirit was poured out and these guys burst into the streets, I mean... I just think that'd be great. We got just so full, we stumbled out into the streets. Anybody with me? (laughs) They went out into the streets and then the people could hear them and they were amazed. And as they did that, Peter got up, which I'll talk about next week, his message. But 3,000 people came to Jesus that day. See, when God empowers you with the Holy Spirit, it's with intent. 
It's, the intent is that we go out and we tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? He empowers us to be a voice in the name of Jesus. You know, last Sunday I had the honor of doing a, a memorial service for my friend Chris Rahaga. He had passed away. He had shelter for change, a rehab home, and he passed away in an ATV accident on uh, New Year's Eve. We were out at Rahaga's shooting range. Over 600 people there. It was, it was just packed. And we were around one of the ponds where they do the skeet shooting. And as I got to the opportunity to share the gospel with all those people. And these are people from recovery. I mean, it was quite a crowd. But over 150 people looked up to me to make a, a dedication to Jesus. It's just great. when you, Yeah, amen. See, that's why God empowers us to go and to do, amen, that we don't shrink back, we don't, you know, um, hold back from what God has for us. And that day, there was no way that I was going to hold back. I hit him with everything I had about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I came, and, and one pastor that was there, he came up to me, he said, man, you really brought it. I said, well, my worship leader said, you know, go and bring it, Pastor Ron. I said, I'm gonna. I said, I'm not gonna pull any punches. She goes, you never do. <laughs> and that's it. And, it. and it was great. And that's how God wants us to be. That we'd be willing to go and to do, amen. That we'd be willing to rise up. And, you know, as they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they must have seemed like they were drunk. I've seen, I've seen our sister Sandy Tanner drunk in the spirit before have to carry her to the car. Pastor Dave would look at me and he'd say, Ron, help me. <laughs> I'd carry her to the car and put her in and, and they'd go home because people getting filled. They must have been stumbling around. You know, I've seen people stumble, laugh, cry, whatever, when the Holy Spirit comes. But all I want to do is allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in me. I remember we went, Delonda and I went to a meeting. Delonda says hi, by the way. She's in Kentucky. She comes home tomorrow. She's... Uh, just having a time with my boys there through the snow and the rain. I know it was 17 degrees last night. So <laughs> she's getting through. But the Holy Spirit, when he touches you, we were in a meeting one time and there were so many manifestations of the Spirit. Delonda went, I, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, give me whatever. You know, we're not talking. We're not communicating. She's not telling me. It's just after conversation. And man, I just got whapped in the Holy Spirit. But it didn't hit her like it did me. Because at that time, she was a little nervous about all that. Just like a lot of people do. They get nervous about that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit manifesting. But you got to get to the place where you say, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if somebody breaks out in laughter. Pastor Dave, one day, he, um, I used to always sit right here in the front row, and he called me up. He said, Ron, come here. And he was preaching the sermon about how they sp he spit on that one guy's tongue, you know. And um, he just blew into the top of my head. And I fell out and laughed for 45 minutes. I just couldn't stop laughing. I mean, the Holy Spirit hit me, and I was on the floor. He just left me. He just let me go. But I can imagine as they come out of this upper room that they're in and they're stumbling around and they look like they're drunk, they look like they've drunk wine, but 
It's not wine, amen? It's the Holy Spirit. And we need to be open to how the Holy Spirit wants to move in us, amen? Don't limit the Holy Spirit. Just let Him continue to fill you. Amen? It's a continual feeling. Now, here's a few ways that the Holy Spirit's going to help you. How many of you need help? Amen. He's going to help you, number one, to be a witness. Acts 1a, he said, I'm going to empower you to be a witness. Okay? And uh, I, I was down at the beach yesterday, and I had um, Arabics on this side of me, and I had Vietnamese on this side of me. I'm down there barbecuing, cooking steak, and, you know, just relaxing for a little bit, you know. But I'm all about, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Vietnam. Really? And just to engage. You know, I, I'd love foreign people that I can engage them and talk to them. And a lot of times I, I start with, oh, I've been there, but I've never been to Vietnam. I didn't have that one. I said, I've been all around Vietnam. I haven't been there yet, you know, because I want, I want them to ask me, what, what were you doing? Why do you go to all those countries, you know? So I could tell them about Jesus. I'm just always looking for an end to have that conversation with people because I want to be a witness, and so I take advantage of the opportunities that God brings me. Amen? That's what we have to do as a body of Christ. Take advantage of the opportunity. And so God will give you the words to say when you say, when you open your mouth and you begin to witness. Is that on a slide? Could you put that up, Haley? I think that's number 10. There we go. And then the Holy Spirit will bring you wisdom. How many of you need some wisdom? Huh? He will bring it to you. He is wisdom. See, this, is, this right here, this comes out of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. The spirit of wisdom. So when you get the Holy Spirit, you get wisdom. Wisdom is part of the package that we receive so that God will give you wisdom on what to be doing, amen? God will give you wisdom. You don't have to listen to the CDC or whoever's telling us a bunch of junk, but just ask God for wisdom, and he'll give it to you, amen? Um, and then to bring understanding. You know, how many of you ever read the Bible, but you don't get it? You don't understand what you read. He'll bring you understanding. If you ask, he'll bring it. Just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I'm going to read right now. Could you give me some understanding of what I'm about to read? And it, he will. He'll give you the understanding. He'll explain it to you. He'll reveal it to your heart. You know, when you, when you, you get that revelation, that understanding of how God works, and you read, by his stripes I'm healed, and you understand it because you can read it and not get it. You know, a lot of people read that scripture but don't get healed. And they wonder why. you got to get it, and you got to get it in you, amen? It's got to become a part of who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He puts it inside of you, amen? He gives you the understanding so that you're not confused. You're not wandering around in circles going, I don't understand anything. I don't read my Bible because I don't understand it. I've heard that before. Ask the Holy Spirit for help, amen? And then how many of you ever need counseling? Elizabeth's our main counselor right now. And you can go to her and she'll help you work through things of life that have been holding you back, that'll be stopping you. But the Holy Spirit can bring you counsel too. Now, I know the hardest thing for Elizabeth would be is when she gives counsel and people don't listen. That drives me nuts, Lewis. When you give counsel... When, 
When they come to you and they ask for counsel and then you give it to them, good, godly counsel, spirit-filled, spirit-led counsel, and then they, they don't, nah, I don't like that. You know, they won't say it to your face. They'll say, yes, pastor, yes, pastor. Hey, no way I'm doing that. But the Holy Spirit will give you counsel. He'll tell you what to do. But I'm sure the Holy Spirit gets, gets grieved by us not listening. He tells me how to be a good husband. He tells me. He tells me what to do. He tells me when to do things. He tells me how to respond. I don't all the time. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, I miss my mark. And, you know, you know, my wife, she's so gracious and loving to me that she, she lets me slide. Well, she doesn't let me slide. She brings it to light, and, and I repent, and we go on. So I never have to do that with her, though. I hope you're watching, honey. And then he wants to give you might, strength. Is that me? Am I doing that, Mario? It's because of my little pack. Mario wants me to hang this thing out there. Ah, I hate that. <laughs> I'm having all kinds of troubles today, aren't I? But he wants to give you might, make you strength. Lewis, he wants to give you strength. He wants to empower you with strength. He wants to fill you with strength. That no weapon formed against you possible, but that you be strengthened, you be encouraged. He wants to strengthen David, but not today, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen him in the name of Jesus. Go, go back, Haley, to slide 10. Just stay on slide 10. There you go. So he wants you to be strong. Amen? How many of you ever feel like you just can't get up in the morning? <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, had my, I had my weekend planned. I was going kayaking Friday morning. I was going kayaking Saturday morning. And my kayak's still on top of my car. I was going today, you know. And uh, Friday morning, I said, Lord, I just need strength to get going, you know. <laughs> and he does. He empowers you, amen. He'll, he wants to empower you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then he, to give you knowledge. To give you knowledge. So that you have understanding of what's going on in your life. He wants to give you the knowledge so you know what to do, Amen. He wants to empower you with that knowledge so that you're not just a, a bright person, but you're, you're empowered to do it. You're empowered to, to let the Lord move through you. Amen? To do supernatural works in you. To do supernatural works through you. That's what he wants. To, he wants to give you the knowledge of that. See, because when you get that knowledge in you that, and you start understanding what, what God wants to do, it's amazing. When you start getting it that God wants to do something so amazing in you, and you have that knowledge that God has imparted that to you, you start doing it. You start stepping out. You get that knowledge. And, and, and you know, you just, I remember uh, casting out demons. You know, the people that just look at you and start screaming, you know, those kind of things. And then, you know, people look at you. What are you going to do? We're going to cast this demon out. You know, and I remember my first few times because I'm thinking, well, Paul did it like this in the name of Jesus. You got to go, so that's what I do. That's all I know to do. I mean, you can read all the books you want, but I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, it's not going to work. You know, it's like those guys of Seven Sons of Sceva, whatever he said. He said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but I don't know you. You got to know Jesus. You know Jesus, you can cast out demons. Amen? And they'll go. Delon and I have seen 
So many people get delivered of demons. We had one service in Japan that, oh my gosh, I'm like, ooh, so many demon possessed. J- Japan was one of the worst places I've ever been to as far as demon possession. It was crazy. So many demon possessed people. People say, oh, I want to go to Japan. Well, have fun. <laughs> so, and then to give you a fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to give us a fear of the Lord. That we respect God enough to leave our junk behind and follow Him. That we have a fear of God. That we know that He's the one that brought us into the world and He's the one that can take us out. Amen? To have that fear and respect. You know, I mean, I respected my dad like that when I was younger, you know. I thought, oh, my dad take me out of the world, you know. Especially with the stuff I was doing as a kid. And um, a few times I thought he was gonna. But I always respected my dad and I didn't want him to know when I did anything bad. You know, but Jesus, he already knows. He already knows when we do when we're sinning. He watches us. He knows everything. Nothing goes unreported to Jesus. He knows when we've fallen into sin. So we need to have that fear of the Lord, amen, as we were talking about even earlier, that we would let go of those things that have been holding us back. And then the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll take you to what is true. He'll keep you from getting deceived. If you listen and if you read your word, the revelation will come and he'll guide you into the truth so that you're not confused about what's going on. You're not, you're not um, you know, I've heard so many people today are confused about um, matters of morality. You know, a lot of young people are upset that the church doesn't side with homosexuality. It's unbiblical. It's an abomination to God. It's living together. God don't like that one either. Sex before marriage. God don't like that one either. And you don't get mad at me because I didn't write the book, right? I'm just reading to you. I got a scripture somewhere down here that's going to tell you all that. But that's the thing. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you the truth. The word will tell you the truth. Not everybody wants to hear the truth. But if you're going to speak the truth out, just live it. Amen? Don't be a hypocrite about it. Let's live it. Let's speak the truth in love. You know, you don't have to argue with people. I won't ever argue the gospel with people. I'll just walk away. But speak the truth in love. And then the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. It may, he may not tell you Hey, this is coming. But he may tell you things like, uh, don't buy that boat. See, that's what he did to me. I was going to buy a boat. I was partnering up with some people. There's two of us. And we were going to buy this big 28-footer ocean-going boat. You know I love to fish. And uh, an hour before we went to pick it up, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't buy that boat. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I wanted the boat. <laughs> My wife was in agreement. My boss was going to go in with me, and we made another employee go in with us. <laughs> we made. <laughs> I was a general manager, and the, then there was the owner of the company, so we were all three going to go in on this boat, so... 
The Holy Spirit, an hour before we go to pick it up, the Holy Spirit says, don't buy that boat. I really want a boat. And I went into the owner. I said, hey, listen, man, I, you know I'm a man of prayer because he wasn't saved. And uh, he says, yeah. I said, well, the Lord just spoke to me and told me don't buy the boat. And he goes, really? He goes, well, I didn't really want the boat anyways. I was just doing it for you. So I went and told the other employee, hey, we're not going to buy the boat. He's like, oh, good. (laughs) But he'll tell you things, amen? He'll tell you. He'll tell you things that come. And that boat would have got repossessed from us no matter how much money we had. Because of the the guy we were going to buy it from, what he was doing. And so the Lord protected me. Then my dad gave me a boat a month later. Yeah, that worked out real well. And then, number 10, lastly, he gives you the power to do miracles. Remember in Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So that word power is dunamis in the Greek, which means the ability to do miracles. So God has given us, through his Spirit, the ability to do miracles. Amen? And we hear testimony from Monica, we see Esperanza, we see David, we see Lewis. Lewis was in the hospital this last month too, you know. We have that power to do miracles. You know what the greatest miracle is? Is when we just walk out scripture in our life. So we have the power to do that. We have that power to walk out scripture be loving to be kind and some of us we need to adjust our attitudes and so he tells us how to our attitude should be in Matthew 5 the beatitudes you know he tells us what to do and so all we've got to learn to do is to follow him and that'll be a great miracle because people will see the transformation in your life and they'll go wow what happened to you there's that door I met Jesus and he set me free I, got, I, I gave my life back to the Lord on a Friday. I was smoking, drinking, had a foul mouth. I went on Monday and I went to every person in the shop. I worked in the machine shop and I told them what happened to me on Sunday. I went to every one of them with tears in my eyes telling them I gave my life, life back to Jesus. I'll never drink or smoke. You won't hear me swearing or cussing anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. My boss was a Church of God minister and it freaked him out because he had not seen that kind of transformation from a Friday to a Monday before. And he just he stopped talking to me about God. He was freaked out. I was crazy. These 120 people, they spilled out of that upper room. And as we continue to get filled, spill out into our world, and let it continue to flow out of you so that God can use you as a conduit for being a witness of Jesus everywhere you go. I once told the the Guyana ambassador to Beijing, I said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. He said, that's not our job. Our job is to make them thirsty. Our job is to make people thirsty. See, we're to be the salt of the world. Because when, when, when you're eating salt, you're eating them chips, you need a soda. You need to drink, amen? It's the same thing that came. If we're the salt of the world, people will come 
and taste of the Lord. Amen? But we've got to make people thirsty. How are you going to make people thirsty? Being that witness. Being that person. In Jerusalem that day, they were made thirsty. And they responded. As I said, 3,000 people came to the Lord. I know that God's intentions for, is, for us is to go out and be a witness. I look there at Andy, how he's sending out so many discipleship um, papers every week. Or every other week he sends them out. How many you got, Andy? You told me the other day, I forgot. 85 right now. He sends out discipleship classes to 85 people twice a month. To help people. people. Now, these aren't church people. These are people he met in restaurants, you know, doctor's offices, you know, that he meets out in the public and he talks to them, gets them to give them their address, their address, and he mails it to them and says, if you want more, just let me know. And he, that's how he does it. The Holy Spirit empowers us. We can't live in fear of telling people. We've got to be bold. There's a scripture in Revelation chapter 21. I told you I was going to talk about this. It says, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second paragraph. We can't be cowards. We have to be courageous. God wants to empower you and me through the Holy Spirit so that we are courageous. He fills us with the courage and we avoid that fiery lake. You know, there's a lot of other things that it talked about and that I won't be going into today, but I want to encourage you today to have courage. Take courage for Jesus. Stand up, be that witness. Everybody say courage. Courage. Well, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If I could get the worship team to come back. To be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. If we have the spirit, we have the power. Amen? We have the power to be a witness. And now it's up, I want to say it's up to you to figure out how to be that witness. But all you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit on what to say. Ask the Holy Spirit what to do. And he'll give you those words of life to be able to share with them. Amen? Now when you got born again, when you come to Jesus, you're drawn by the Holy Spirit. And you have a measure of the Spirit. But then there's the baptism of the Spirit that brings the power. That's what we prayed over you last Sunday, that you'd be filled with the power. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. See, and what that's saying is just as a drunkard would continue to drink wine, to stay drunk, to continue, we need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one-time event. It's a constant thing of getting ourselves, our lives, in the position that we keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit keeps touches. Margaret, you were so funny last Sunday. I couldn't touch Mar- I couldn't touch her. I'd get close, and she'd fall, and, I, and she stumbled, and I'm trying to touch her, and she just, it was, I, I had to laugh last week. It was crazy. <laughs> she, 
She's just like looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> Be filled with the Spirit. Go ahead and start. Be filled with the Spirit. That's what God wants to do again today. Just fill us with His Spirit. No more chains, no more bondage. 
what's going on my playlist. <laughs>